Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhupada Sri Dvaita Gadadha Shiva Sri Gaurabhaktivinam Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 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 It's a reading of Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 1 chapter 1 text 12 So you have the verse there text 12 Sutta Janasi Bhadram Te Bhagavan Satvatam Patihi Devakyam Vasudevasya Jata Yasya Chikirshaya Sudhajanasi Bhadram Te Bhagavan Satvatam Pati Devakyam Vasudevasya Jato Jasya Chikirshaya Sutta Janasi Bhadram Te Bhagavan Satvatam Pati Devakyam Vasudevasya Jato Jasya Chikirshaya Sutta Janasi Bhadram Te Bhagavan Satvatam Pati Devakyam Vasudevasya Jato Yasya Chikirshaya Sutta Asuta Goswami Janasi You know Bhadram Te all blessings upon you, Bhagavan, the Personality of Godhead, Sattvatam, of the pure devotees, Patihi, the Protector, Devakyam, in the womb of Devaki, Vasudevasya, by Vasudev, Jataha, born of, Jasya, for the purpose of, Chikirishaya, executing. Translation, O blessings upon you, O Sudha, all blessings upon you, O Sudha Goswami. You know for what purpose the personality of Godhead appeared in the womb of Devaki as the son of Vasudev. Translation, all blessings upon you, O Sudha Goswami. You know for what purpose. The personality of God had appeared in the womb of Devaki as the son of Vasudev. Bhagavan means the Almighty God who is the controller of all opulence, power, fame, beauty, knowledge and renunciation. He is the protector of his pure devotees. Although God is equally disposed to everyone, he is especially inclined to his devotees. Sat means the absolute truth, and persons who are servitors of the absolute truth are called sattvatas. And the personality of God who protects such pure devotees is known as the protector of the sattvatas. Badramte, or blessings upon you, indicates the sage's anxiety to know the absolute truth from the speaker. 
Lord Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, appeared to Devaki, the wife of Vasudeva. Vasudeva is the symbol of the transcendental position, wherein the appearance of the Supreme Lord takes place. So sometimes the platform of the Absolute Truth is referred to as the Vasudeva platform or the Vasudeva state. The Vasudeva state can be understood as that which is uh, omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. These are the characteristics of God. God exists everywhere. He's aware of everything, and he's in control of everything. These are the three fundamental characteristics. So therefore, this is all indicated actually by the syllable Om. Om, of course, is a seed representation of the Supreme Absolute Truth, the Personality of Guided. Uh, of course, being seed, as we've been discussing, this just indicates potential, potential understanding, expression, and meaning. Um, but, uh, uh, but the full realization of the Supreme Absolute Truth has to be articulated in order for it to be properly uh, manifest, properly appreciated. So the um, from this word om, actually, we get the the Greek word omni. Right? You've heard of omni. So from omni, you have omnipresent. Omniscience. You know, comes from more of a French word, but actually has roots in the, in the Greek. It means <clears throat> consciousness, to be aware of. From that, we get the word science. Siente, <clears throat> science. So it means, refers to the, to the, um, to a, Awareness or consciousness. Of course, consciousness is simply the relationship that exists between a subject and an object. Perception of the object. So this um, ability to see or perceive, because actually what we do through consciousness is see things. We're aware of things. We see things through consciousness. So this ability of perception uh, is known as science. So, but the supreme absolute truth is omniscient. In other words, completely aware of everything, and of course, he's omnipresent, uh, and he's also omnipotent. In other words, he has all multifarious potencies by which he controls and maintains everything that exists. <clears throat> so, this is considered to be. This is uh, sometimes described all in all as the Vasudev state. So, Vasudev happened to be the name of the. Uh, father of Lord Krishna. Krishna was born from the womb of Devaki. Of course, he doesn't take birth like an ordinary person. When uh, Krishna first appeared in the material world, he appeared in, in his forearm feature as Lord Vishnu before Devaki. Uh, of course, the story is usually recited or retold at the time of Jamastami or the, the birth festival of Krishna. So we hear this story many, many times. So Krishna appeared before Devaki in his feature um, as Narayan Krishna or Vasudev Krishna, in other words, forearm form of Krishna, uh, indicating, of course, his functional uh, purpose as the Supreme Personality of Guided, uh, appearing within the material world in order for his, to execute his traditional purposes. So these are the purposes being referred to here in the in this verse, 
by the sages in addressing Suddhagaswami, O Suddhagaswami, you know for which purpose the Lord appeared um, from the womb of Devaki as the son of Vasudev. So Krishna himself in Bhagavad Gita, interestingly, of course, this, this, uh, this situation or discussion took place shortly after the disappearance of Lord Krishna 5,000 years ago. So in other words, last week Krishna left the planet and um, therefore, it's a very contemporary conversation they're having here. Like Krishna just left. So they're saying to Sudha Goswami, you know very, very well the reason why Krishna appeared, of what purpose Krishna appears. So therefore, you're able to actually explain the implication or significance of his appearance within the material world, which obviously is meant for the benefit or the auspiciousness of the world. So Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita himself, of course, the reasons for his appearance. Yadayidahidanamasya. He says, I appear again and again in every millennium in my original transcendental form, in order to encourage and inspire the devotees, to enthuse the devotees, the sattvatas. Paritranaya means to protect or to inspire, to uplift, just like the word is here, patihi. Patihi means father or protector. The, um, the one who's giving shelter. So, for example, the husband is called Dampatihi, the protector of the wife. The um, protector of all is the Supreme Personality of God. So he's saying, Pritranaya Shadunam, and the Shadhu comes from Sat, same sort of root word, a Shatvata. The sadhus are the, are the personalities established on the platform of sat, or truth, or reality. So sometimes they're referred to as the sattvatas. So the sattvatas, of course, are naturally, inevitably, devotees of the Supreme Lord, because to be properly established on the platform of the Absolute, or the platform of the Eternal, means to beware one's eternal identity. And one's eternal identity is always established with reference to the Supreme. Now, how do we understand ourselves? This is a fundamentally good philosophical question. How do we understand our own identity? We understand it with reference to other things, with reference to the world around us, to the people around us, to all the different phenomena that make up our circumstance. That's how we understand ourselves. We always understand ourselves within context. The context gives the meaning. The context confers the meaning to the object. So we have to consider the context of our existence in order to appreciate the significance of our actual identity and purpose. So the context, and the, well, the ultimate defining principle of the context is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So to be on the platform of Sat, to be a Sattvata, means to be established on the platform of the Absolute, or the platform of the Eternal. This automatically implies awareness of one's relationship with the Supreme, and the awareness of one's relationship with the Supreme automatically implies that one will be appreciating uh, one's inherent responsibility to reciprocate appropriately with the Lord, which means to serve the Lord. Nityo nichanam chetanas chetananam eko bahanam diovidindatikaman Sumkata Upanishad says that there are many, many eternals, but one supreme eternal. There are many, many conscious entities, but one supreme conscious entity. And eko bahanam, the singular living, the, the singular principle, ekoho, uh, is maintaining and supporting the many, the principle of the many. 
Many means bahu. Bahu means many. Ekoho means one. Eko bahanam, diovidati kaman. According to their desire, kaman, they are being maintained. Vidadati, he's protecting and providing for them according to their individual desire. This is the relationship. So, appreciating our position in relationship to the Lord, we naturally engage in the service of the Lord. So, those who are established on the platform of pure devotional service, devotional service, pure or not, they are, can be referred to as sattvatas. And the Lord here is um, being addressed as the protector or the support of the sattvatas. So, Krishna says, I appear again and again in every millennium in my original transcendental form in order to protect the devotees, paritranaya sadhunam, to destroy the demons, in other words, to reduce the inimical elements, vinashaya chaduskitam, they're sukritas and duskritas. Sukrita means pious. Kritaha comes from, well, the same root as kriyaha, kriyaha, karmaha. It means activity. Su means good. And du means bad. So a sukrita is a pious person, a person on the path of, of um, God consciousness. And duskritas, they're miscreants, they're deviants. They're actually averse to... Um, surrender. They are averse to the Supreme. So therefore they're mischievous. So Binashayaha means to destroy um, Chaduskitam, the Duskritas. Um, and Dhanamasya. Samstapanataya. Dhanamasya Samstapanataya means to establish Dharma. Dharma Shamstam. Shtam, uh, it comes from the same root as stitihi, means to be situated or positioned. So, Dharamasya Sham Shtam means to re establish religious principles. Sham um, means complete, to perfectly re establish religious principles, the eternal principles of religion. He doesn't come in order to advocate ordinary, mundane religi- religiosity um, in terms of pious activity for material benefit. He comes to establish the supreme eternal religion, uh, which is actually the Sanatan Dharma, the eternal, the, the, the eternal activity of the living entity. So Dharma Shamstapanatya and Sambhavami Juge Juge. In every age, Juga Juga, Juge Juge, uh, I'm appearing for this purpose. So although Krishna appears not exactly on official business, uh, his, his natural function in terms of his traditional responsibility as the protector of the universe and the support of the devotees, is automatically executed in the course of his leela or pastime purpose, coming here with his various devotees in order to display his eternal transcendental activities, which are all ultimately aimed, of course, at simply the enhancement of his own satisfaction, the satisfaction of the devotees. So these are leela means enjoyment or play, just like there's work and there's play. They're both activities, but work is an execution of responsibility and play is an indulgence. So Leela is play. So Krishna comes here in order to play. It's a Leela, pastime, form of the Lord. So Krishna is not really coming here in order to execute his responsibilities as the big boss. That's actually Lord Vishnu's responsibility. But... In the course of his activity, manifesting his transcendental lila, he automatically uh, executes those secondary activities as a matter of course. So, 
his actual intention is simply to uh, engage with his devotees and to enjoy reciprocal relationship with his devotees. But in the course of those activities, he automatically accomplishes his, um, his secondary purposes of re-establishing religious principles, inspiring and enthusing the devotees, and destroying or killing all the demons. And of course, Krishna is very famous for killing many, many demons when he was here um, at that time. Of course, you know, we don't have big, big demons like that so much um, as there was present during Krishna's pastimes. Krishna's pastime is always very special. So um, extraordinary personalities, even in the demon category, were here on the earth at that time with whom Krishna had to contend. <clears throat> so they're much more significant and powerful people than even Donald Trump or people like that. They, these are very, very small-time demons, but they're demonic nonetheless. So <clears throat> they automatically get reduced by the influence of material nature. Old age, disease, and death is more than sufficient to take care of these people. So the one good thing about... Um, the material world is that nothing is either, although nothing is perfect, and then again, nothing is permanent either. So even uh, horrible or terrible people, they all eventually die, which is good. And we can, we can take some comfort in that, that uh, even the most horrible people, the Stalins and the Hitlers, and eventually the Trumps and people like that, they will all die. They will just disappear, and then um, the world will be relieved from their burden of such horrible people. Of course, you know, there's always the next one and the next one and the next one. So it's a continual thing. But anyway, so Krishna, first of all, appeared before Devaki in his forearm form as Vasudev Krishna, official Krishna. And then he reduced himself to baby form, two-armed, small baby. And this way he actually manifested his personal presence. He didn't actually appear from the womb of Devaki. He appeared external to Devaki, but he so appeared before Devaki as the son of Vasudev. So he didn't take birth from the womb as an ordinary human being, but he just manifested his presence. <clears throat> then took his took up his role as a tiny as a small baby with two arms, began playing, and then Vasudev and Devaki were there, and that's how they become the parents of Krishna. Vasudev and Devaki are, are they. Um, they uh, routinely perform the function of being Krishna's parents in various pastimes of Krishna. Bhagavatam describes how in previous existence they were appeared as Prishni and Suttapa, and they were the fathers of the Supreme Lord at that time. So Vasudeva and Devaki are very special, extraordinary devotees, and they, they, they function within the role of Krishna's parents. But um, so the question is being put to Sudha Goswami um, that you are uh, Bhagavan Satvatimpadim. You, you understand the reasons for which the personality of Godhead um, has appeared, Bhagavan, uh, as the son of Devaki and Vasudev. So this word Bhagavan is uh, stressed in the in the particular in this verse, and Bhagavan is a very significant term 
Prabhupada says here in the purport, the Bhagavan means the Almighty God, who is the controller of all opulences, power, fame, beauty, knowledge, and renunciation, etc. So Bhagavan means one who possesses opulences. So to possess means also to control. So Krishna is both the proprietor and the controller of unlimited opulences. And as is described, we were talking the other day that fundamentally there are six, as attained to be six basic opulences that the Lord possesses. Um, so Prabhupada refers to the mere mentions of here. Uh, Aishwarya means just general opulence, but generally means wealth. Of course, to some extent, everything has a value. Everything is a kind of symbol of wealth, and God possesses everything. So Aishwaryasya Samagrasa Vidyasya, he possesses all wealth, strength, fame, beauty, knowledge, and renunciation. Aishwaryasya Samagrasa Vidyasya Jashahashriya, knowledge and renunciation. Jnana Vairagyas. Vairagyaha means renunciation or detachment. Jnana Vairagyas Chaiva Shanambhaga Itingana. So these six opulences, shanam bhaga, bhaga means opulences, bhaga, shanam, shanam means six, shanam bhaga itingana, this has been described like this, in other words, analyzed like this. So <clears throat> these, the significance of the term Bhagavan is that there is a possessor possessing things. So this is uh, this means that there is a subject that is in possession of certain objects. So the term Bhagavan automatically implies a duality between the possessor and the possession. So if we accept the conception of the term Bhagavan, the same with the term, for example, Ishvara. Ishvara is a very common reference, remains the, the controller. And of course, Parameshvara especially means the Supreme Controller. So when we say Ishvara, for example, Patanjali in his Yoga Sutras, he says Ishvara Pranidhan. It's the, the last of the Niyamas. Ishvara Pranidhan. Pranidhana. So that word there again is mentioned, Ishvara. But the word Ishvara means controller. But when we say controller, we're referring to an activity, we're referring to a process. There's the controller controlling things. So to be a controller means that you have to be a subject in control of certain objects. So again, it's a term that implicitly indicates duality on the spiritual platform. So otherwise these terms and concepts have no meaning. So the supreme controller, the Paramishvaraha, is comprised of a process of a subject in possession and in control of certain objects. Bhagavan here has been analyzed as being uh, a possessor, therefore a controller automatically, of certain objects or opulences, so certain attributes. So these terms are actually, we gloss over them generally speaking, but they're technically, scientifically, very, very significant terms. So we cannot... Um, they defy the assumption of the Supreme being somehow that impersonal. And everywhere in Bhagavad Gita, for example, 
everyone accepts Krishna as the, the Supreme. And in Bhagavad Gita, Vyasadev, very significantly, always states, Sri Bhagavan Avacha. <clears throat> he says, the Supreme Personality of God is this. Sri Bhagavan Avacha, the Supreme Personality of God, it says. So he uses the term Bhagavan. He doesn't say Om Uvacha. He says Sri Bhagavan Uvacha. Even the word Sri is significant because Sri means beauty. The beautiful Bhagavan. Now beauty, again, uh, is a phenomenon which one possesses. It's an attribute or quality that one possesses. So all these concepts and terms have no meaning without the principle of duality at work. Duality means there's me and there's something else, and there's a connection between the two things, the relationship. So um, Krishna possesses beauty. Krishna possesses wealth. Krishna possesses strength. He possesses fame. He possesses knowledge. He possesses renunciation. He's the possessor. Now, to be truly in possession means you're also controlling. Uh, if your control of a situation is uncertain, then your question of possession or proprietorship is also uncertain. So, to be truly in possession means also to be completely in control. So, this is the possession, position of Krishna. So, the sages here are saying, Dear Sutta Goswami, you fully understand the reason for which Krishna has appeared as the Supreme Bhagavan, the, the son of Devasudeva and Devaki, and therefore you can explain to us the significance of um, his presence, his recent presence within the material world. So Krishna, as I said himself, explains to Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita why I've come or what my purpose is. Again, keep in mind these are secondary purposes. Krishna doesn't have work to do. He, he doesn't have any really responsibilities like that to execute, although he's happy to sometimes, you know, pick up a shovel and do some work, just like, I mean, I don't have to come, I don't have to work in the garden here, for example. I'm not obliged. But I'm happy to pick up a shovel and do some work. Um, so, um, when Krishna appears, he comes for a different sort of purpose. But in the course of that, he also may, the function of Vishnu is subsumed into the pastime activity of Krishna. So, automatically, without any separate endeavor, he executes those, um, we may say, uh, constitutional responsibilities as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So anyway, we'll hear more about that as things um, progress. So just to finish, Vasudeva is the position, is the symbol of the transcendental position uh, of the in where wherein the Lord appears. At the very beginning of the course of the whole literature, the first verse of the Bhagavatam begins with Omnamo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So Vasudevaya refers to the son of Vasudev. And the Vasudev position, as we said, is the one of absolute awareness, presence, and control. So that's the, the traditional definition of God. So the Vasudev position is um, indicates the essential nature of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So therefore, Krishna is often referred to or addressed as Vasudevaya, which means the son of Vasudev. Anyway, it's a little bit of a, there's a, 
significance to the implication of the word Vasudev. Generally, Krishna is not addressed as Vasudev unless he's in his position or functional aspect of the personality of Gaudi. Then he's Vasudev Krishna. Ordinarily, he's simply Gopal Krishna or Govinda Krishna or Gopinath Krishna. In other words, he's more re referred to or seen in the context of his playful pastimes, his pleasure pastimes, not his functional pastime as the Supreme Lord. But there is an aspect there where he appears for those formal, more traditional purposes as the Supreme Personality of Guided. So there's significance in that fact, and the sages are wanting Sudha Goswami to elaborate on that significance. So they're putting the question to him. All right. So that's what's meant by the Vasudev platform. <clears throat> so what are the three aspects or attributes of the Supreme, of God? Omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence. So these three things together. He exists everywhere. Therefore, he's conscious of everything, and he's in control of everything. That's what's meant by Vasudev. All right. Shimon Bhagavatam Ki Jai.